This coming Sunday is Mother's Day here in the States. Mother's Day without a mom is hard. This podcast includes stories shared during the 2021 Mother's Day Circle, hosted by myself, Rebecca, Lauren, and Patricia. We are four daughters without moms who have very different stories. You can visit the show notes to find the episode of when each of the women shared their stories on the podcast. Thinking of each of you today and every day. As I shared in my introduction, I became the last living person in my family last year and started the journey of processing my own grief. I looked back at losing my mom, and in processing losing my mom, I realized several things. When you're 13 years old, it's very difficult to share that journey with anyone else because your peers are also 13 years old, and that's a hard situation to discuss. Additionally, lots of 13-year-olds haven't been through that journey. It's just not something that you go back to middle school talking about after the summer. And this was before social media, you know, before people knew what your whole summer vacation was about from your post. Plus I was the new kid at school and this was only my second year at this middle school. And so looking back on it as an adult, looking back at my 13 year old self losing my mom, it was really hard to talk about. And to be honest, I didn't talk about it. So the first thing I learned from the journey of losing my mom is that I believe we need to talk about it. I believe we need to share our stories. I believe we need to say it out loud. It provides connection with other grievers, just like we're doing here, and also just with other persons because it's humanity. It's a part of our lives. As a matter of fact, besides taxes, I learned this from Kelsey. I see that she is here and her podcast. Never thought about this before, but the, it's the only other thing that we're guaranteed in life is death. Everyone will experience loss at one point or another. And quite honestly, after 2020, I think most people experience some type of loss. In last week's podcast, I shared about my my grandparents and about how they basically threw my sister and I out of their house while my mom was dying. And I had no relationship with them after that at all. So again, here I am at 13, feeling rejected, left behind, unwanted, and unlovable. So besides my sister, I am now projecting all these needs on my dad. And to be honest, he really wasn't available for that. My dad remarried the year after my mom died. We moved from Florida to South Carolina. So I started high school in South Carolina. And then two years later, we moved back to Florida. And I was having none of that. At that point, I had never lived anywhere more than five years. And moving as a junior in high school to another state, to another school was just, I had had enough. So for the second half of my junior year, I moved back to South Carolina and lived with my best friend and her mom. And then my senior year of high school, I had my own apartment. I lived by myself in a one bedroom apartment as a senior in high school. I lived in South Carolina and my parents lived in Florida. Now that's another story for another day, but I just want you to, I just share that to, to, for you to understand that I'm still not experiencing affirmation or other points of unconditional love during this time. So while in high school, I was focused on doing the things. I was doing well in school. I graduated with honors. I won awards. I went to college, continued on, got a master's degree. At that point, my goal was to run the world. My life goal was to be a top woman executive of some huge company and run the world. I had no interest in kids whatsoever. My niece is here somewhere. She will laugh at that. She knows that. (laughs) And then I met my husband, Brian, in college. 
and I gained a new perspective on love and life. I love to be around his family and see the connections and the things that they shared. With our circumstances and moving around so much, I just hadn't had that kind of family experience. So we got married and I ended up having kids. Imagine that, not gonna run the world anymore. Just my own little roost. I continued to work from home and then I was a work from home mom before it was even cool in like 1998. But when our third child was born, it became too much to work outside of the home. So for five years, I was a stay at home mom until he went to kindergarten. And at some point during that time, I was with my dad and he introduced me as the stay at home mom with the MBA. Hmm. So at first I was really defensive about that. I could feel the heat rising and my ears ringing. I was offended. But once my emotions settled down and I stopped sweating, I realized we just had different def definitions of success. My dad's decisions for what was important in his life was his choice. It was also a response to his own situation growing up as he grew up with an alcoholic father. And quite honestly, I think for a lot of men in that generation, their identity was their career. I don't blame him for that, but it did finally make me realize that his definition of success didn't have to be my definition of success. It was clear that I valued relationships and my dad did not. This was such an aha moment for me because it also helped, my, helped me change my expectations of what I could and should expect for, from him as both a dad and a grandfather. So deep loss changes you and can make your entire world feel out of control. But what can we control? We can control our self story. I realized that I have the ability to write my own story, to live by what is important to me and my family. What were my values? What kind of person did I wanna be? What kind of legacy did I want to leave? The most important lesson I learned is that I need to love who I am and love who I am now. Not when I'm 10 pounds lighter or have the fancy house or wear the name brands or fit into some cookie cutter expectation from our culture. No, I need to love me, all of me. Loss of the unconditional love makes self-acceptance harder, I think, especially when you lose your mom at a young age. You don't have a huge bank of those at a girl moments to look back on. It's a constant journey, one of constant evaluation and reflection, one where you have to be aware of your thoughts. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Thoughts can come and go. You can change how you talk to yourself. You can change what your internal message is. You do have control over how you react to your feelings and emotions. You have control over your own actions. Four years ago, we did a values exercise at work. My values are honesty, respect, and quality in relationships. These are all being honored in how I am living today. I didn't deserve losing my mom. I wasn't unworthy of my grandparents' love, and I wasn't a failure in my dad's eyes. But those were the things I told myself. Although I've had a tough past, my past doesn't define my present. It has led me to who and where I am today. All of it makes all of me. I'd like to end with one of my favorite quotes from Viktor Frankl, a psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor who wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning. The quote says, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth, 
and our freedom. So that's my portion and now I'm gonna pass the mic off to Patricia. Thank you, Beth. And thank you for going first because I got so emotional during that slideshow. I don't think I would have been able to talk right after. I was just looking at all those beautiful pictures of those moms. There's, there was so much love in, in this slide. And I don't know, it kind of like breaks my heart a little bit more than, you know, we're not going to be able to physically honor our moms this Sunday, but you know, we'll honor them anyway, today, every day on Mother's Day, any day of the year. But thank you for going first because it, re it really got me. And I love that you ended your speech with that quote from Viktor Frankl because that book um, really, you know, brought me so much comfort when I was first grieving. Uh, he said something about if you know what is your why, you can bear any how. And I think ever since my mom passed in November 22nd, 2019, I was looking for that meaning, like, why? Why did she die? And this is, a, you know, a question that no one will be able to answer. But I was able to find in this past year and a half some meaning in the loss and looking for my why. My why was really to support other people and to support other grievers and other motherless daughters and I came with this Instagram account six months after my mom Shelly died a few days after Mother's Day and I have to say wish I had that grief account uh, before Mother's Day because this is really when loneliness hit me it was six months into my grief two months into the pandemic and you know the sheltering place and just a few days after Mother's Day, and I was in desperate need to talk to someone about my mom, about my grief, about just everything I was going through. And I didn't know who to turn to until I discovered that amazing grief community online. And it started with a um, grief group on Facebook. And then I started my account on Instagram. And now a year later, I've connected to so many people, talked to so many people. And as you said, it's so important to share your story because first of all, you heal through, you know, feeling your emotion and not suppressing them. But also when someone tells their story, it can be your guide. It can be something you can relate to. And we all grieve differently. We all go through a unique loss, a unique relationship with our mother, but there's always something that you can relate to and you can relate to the pain. And for me, it really started when my mom got sick, when she was diagnosed with cancer in January, 2018, pancreatic cancer. It seems like a death sentence at first, although for over a year and a half, we went through the roller coasters of emotions, hope, treatments, chemo, doctor appointment, good result, bad result, one step forward, two step backward until the very last terminal diagnosis where they told us that there was nothing left they could do. And this is when I started grieving, grieving and looking for resources. So I did turn to, to Amazon, to Google, but even though I was buying book and listening to podcasts, there's nothing like talking to your peer, having that support, even from people that you don't know, but they know what you feel and you, and you can relate to them and you can have that empathy and that compassion. 
So for me, that was a essential part of my grief journey and my healing journey for sure. And coming now to my second Mother's Day without my mom, I just don't know how it's gonna be. I have to say that last year we were in lockdown. So anyway, I, I didn't have to plan for anything. And I told my husband, cause I have three kids and I know they want to honor me on that day, but sometimes it's just so hard because you're a mom, but you're a mom without a mom. So as much as you want your kids to honor you and you want to enjoy your own day and want to honor yourself as a mom, there is your own mom that is missing and it's a huge void. So I just told my husband last year, I might stay in bed. I don't know anywhere we're home. So just don't count on me. If the kids want to make, you know, cards, they want to make drawings or prepare breakfast, just do it. But we'll see. I wanted to honor myself first and honor my feelings. So I ended up doing both. I ended up, you know, crying for my mom and staying in bed until maybe 12. And then I finally got out of bed. I went to the kitchen, my kids had prepared, you know, cards and flowers and breakfast. And then I looked at some Mother's Day pictures because we had that tradition with my mom that every year, ever since I was pregnant with my first son, we would take a picture of us in matching clothes. And we were always wearing a white t-shirt and a, and a denim jean. And this today, and it's crazy because I didn't think about it until today and I'm wearing a white t-shirt and my denim because I think I don't know intuitively I am so attached to my mom and to that tradition that this is how I got dressed today and at the end of the day last year even though we we're in lockdown I told my kids just put your t-shirt put your jeans put your mask on and we're going to take a picture on Mother's Day in honor of my mom and it was not only a way for me to honor my mom it was a way for me to create more memories with my kids because I realized that I was cherishing so much those pictures that I took with my mom. And when you're a mother without the mother, you know the sad reality that one day your kids will, will face the same. They will have sooner or later, and I hope as late as possible, they will have to face losing a mom. And I said to myself, I need to create those memories for my kids because one day I want them to have the same pictures that I'm cherishing now of my mom. So I don't know about this Sunday. I told my husband the same, we'll see. It might be breakfast in bed. It might be crying in bed. I'll honor myself that day. But later next week, I will do my mother day photo shoot with my kids, with my mom in my thoughts. But I want to continue this tradition because I want those memories to be here forever. And I just have a little story to add before I pass my mic to Lauren. And this is just how my mom influenced me and my motherhood. She, you know, 14 years ago, I was in LA and I stumbled into a vendor of this little Oscar statue. And I ended up buying an Oscar for the best mom. And that was, she was, that's what she was for me. She was the best mom. And one week before she died it was her birthday and she asked me to go to her to her house and look for a dress and her wig in her closet and when I was looking for this I ended up seeing the Oscar in her closet that she had kept and I took the Oscar and I brought it to the hospital put it next to her bedside table and I told her you're the best mom you always will be 
And once she passed, I just kept it because this is, you know, this is my, this is what I, I'm, I want to achieve. I want to be the best mom possible for my kids. And it's not easy to be a mom without a mom, but that's really what I want to do. And thank you for listening. I know I get very emotional. No, Rebecca, it's your turn now. Thank you so much. So I don't know if you saw the Google sign up, but I am coming from a little bit of a different stance. And my mother and I always had a bit of a complicated relationship. So Mother's Day when she was alive was hard and Mother's Day now that she's not here is a different kind of hard. But I recently came across a quote by St. Augustine it says, hope has two daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. For at least several months, maybe longer after my mom died, I was the angry daughter. My mom had always been difficult to love and I'm sure there were at least periods of time in my life that she would have said the same thing about me. Reflecting back upon my childhood, I knew that my conception wasn't planned. I'm the eighth of eight daughters in a blended family. And after I was born, my mom had her tubes tied in an effort to prevent further pregnancies. She would proudly proclaim that a stitch in time saves nine. I remember parent-teacher conferences in which my teachers would offer accolades about my time in class to which my mother would scoff and say, are you sure you're talking about Rebecca? As the youngest in a large family, I definitely craved attention in part as a survival mechanism to avoid things like being left behind or going without food, but in part because there were so many people, I just wanted my moment to shine. Up until my mother's death, she would go on and on about how I moved out too early. I joined the Air Force when I was 17. She often complained about how I potty trained myself or had even weaned myself from breastfeeding. I thought she should, she should thank me for these things. Wouldn't it be nice to not go through this again for the eighth time? Her comments always felt like criticism. I somehow learned that I did things the wrong way and thought that I was bad for being independent and learning to trust myself. Many years later, my mom came to live with my family. This did not work out well, and we had many ups and downs. In 2015, she was diagnosed with leukemia. I was the closest daughter by location and became her caregiver by default. Our journey included a path that I did not see coming. In 2016 and until her death in 2017, I quit my job, I moved away from my husband and kids so that I could be my mom's full-time caregiver. This was a requirement for her to get a potentially life-saving treatment in Seattle. There wasn't much time to think about who would do this job and again, by default, I stepped up to the plate. On a subconscious level, I think I did this as a last ditch effort to earn the love and affection that I'd longed to receive for her, from her for my entire life. You can listen to my whole story on the Daughters Without Moms podcast to hear more about our journey. But to sum it up, when I returned home to my husband and children, I felt battered, broken, guilty, unloved, and angry. I spent several years feeling very burnt out and resentful. I started going to counseling and my therapist said, what are you doing to fill up your cup? To which I said, what cup? I didn't know we had a cup. As a nurse and an empath and Enneagram type two, I have a tendency to repeatedly pour out without pausing to fill back up. 
thinking about myself or putting myself first often feels selfish. I would do things to care, take care of myself, um, but it never felt like I was doing enough. And then when I would go do those things, like maybe get a pedicure or a massage, take time for myself, I would come home and I often felt guilty for my time away and usually still felt depleted. That quote at the beginning that I read about the two daughters, I found that in a book called My Inner Sky by Mari Andrew. The subtitle of her book is on embracing day and night and all the times in between. In her book, she offers several reflections on some life events while looking at them from two different perspectives. I don't want to remain angry. I want to know that just because I have had or I do have these feelings, I don't have to stay stuck in them. When I take on the process that Mari did, I feel as though I'm transported into that courageous daughter of hope. I don't want to stay stuck in anger about the way things were. I want to have courage and be curious to see things about my life from a new angle. It's been nearly four years since my mom's death and Beth told me that you can't teach from a wound, but you can teach from a scar. I can't wait until I have an I love myself scar. I'm still very much a work in progress, but I'm currently building up scar tissue. I can reflect on my life and my upbringing and I can ask myself, what was it really like? Through one lens, I can see that even my own mother didn't want me. I couldn't do things the right way. I'm not only unloved, but I'm not worthy of love. Or I can look through a different lens. I can see that my mom had a mountain of her own problems that stemmed from her life events and her upbringing. She was broken, but beautiful, fierce, and a tenacious woman. She gave me life and she loved me the best way that she knew how. I'm sure she held hopes and dreams, her own set of expectations for her life, for my life and for our relationship. Our relationship definitely wasn't perfect, but it was perfectly planned by the universe, the divine, the creator, whatever term you like to use. I realized that my early independence is a gift for the woman that I am today in a house full of boys without living parents and I'm ready to take on the world. I realized that the love that I didn't always feel from my mother is now a gift that I have to give myself. And while it may not feel like you were loved in life, or perhaps like your mom didn't always do what she was supposed to do, I encourage you to take some time to reflect on an additional perspective. Know that it is important to spend time with these feelings, but treat them like a guest. Honor their presence and take their gifts, or should I say lessons, that they have to offer you. Roll out your welcome mat and sit with them. Otherwise, they continue to show up, often uninvited and unannounced maybe they can give you a different lens to look through. I recently attended a retreat and heard Rabbi Aaron talk about love. He said, we are like radios. We need to be on, plugged in and tuned in. The music can only be heard when we're tuned into the right station. Otherwise, all that we hear is noise. That noise is actually beautiful music trying to get in. We just can't hear it. Can you experience your emotions and envision the knobs and dials on a radio? Can you tune out the noise and find the music, the love that you must have for yourself now? Maybe you're struggling with self-acceptance or grieving the loss of the love you felt like you didn't receive from your mom. Or maybe you don't identify with my story at all, but you are grieving the presence of your mom and the love that she gave you. 
Either way, it's important to remember that you are liked, you are love, you are worthy of love, you are created for greatness. So now it's time to change your radio station and love yourself. And I'm gonna pass the mic to Lauren. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, your story, <laughs> it just gets to me every time. It's just so powerful, so thank you. Um, hi ladies, you know me as Lauren and I am part of this Daughters Without a Moms Club, just like yourself. Um, I just want you to know that you're not alone and I come to you as the daughter whose mother was my very, very best friend. She was the mother that taught me everything about life and self-love. She managed to be a mom and a dad to me. She came to every single one of my sports games, practices, band concerts, graduations, and even the pinning of my wings when I became a flight attendant in my mid thirties. She never missed anything I did. Our relationship grew over time and it wasn't until my thirties that I called my mom, my best friend. We traveled together, we went to concerts, went to baseball games and basketball games. She came to happy hour with my friends and I went to brunch with her friends. We talked on the phone multiple times a day when I was away from home. She became the constant in my daily life. At some points in our relationship, I acted more as like the mom and she acted more like the daughter. She just lived life so carefree. I think somehow this was preparing me for when she was diagnosed with leukemia in May of 2019, as I immediately jumped in as her caregiver. Even moving home to Florida after only living in Atlanta for just four months. For six months, I took care of my mom. And I now look back on that time and consider it a blessing. Around the clock, I worried about her, I loved on her, I laughed with her, and I made memories with her. I was with her when she took her last breaths and when she passed away peacefully on December 13th, 2019. It was in that moment I became lost and no longer had a purpose in life. I'm alone, I have no spouse, no kids. My life was my mom and it was just her and I for the longest time. So now I'm trying to figure out this life without her, trying to figure out who I am without her. And the best way I've found to live without her is to honor her every day, share her story, live out her legacy, talk about her, especially with my two nieces who are 11 and five that won't get to grow up knowing and having memories of their GMA. I'm now getting more comfortable talking about my grief. I started a blog to share my grief journey with my friends, my mom's friends, and those needing to find someone to relate to. I've connected with many through the grief community and started a grief project. I've shared my grief story on many podcasts, including Beth's. I've created a memorial award in my mom's name for school teachers in the state of Florida. I now volunteer and fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in many different ways to raise awareness and hopefully end blood cancer. I do all this because I'm trying to find a purpose again, trying to find meaning in life, something bigger and greater than myself. Because if there's anything that I've learned from my mom's diagnosis and passing is that life is short and it can change in an instant. This will be my second Mother's Day without my mom. And Mother's Day with her was all about quality time. I would ask her what she'd want for a gift for Mother's Day and she'd say, well, honey, I don't want a gift, you're my gift. And I just wanna spend time with you. So for Mother's Day, I try to spend the day doing the things that she loved and enjoyed. Cooking her favorite meal, maybe get a pedicure, open a bottle of her favorite Prosecco and just think about her beautiful soul. 
I'll leave you with a quote that has really sat with me since I found it. It goes like this, losing her does not mean I'm any less than her daughter. It just means that being her daughter turned out differently than I envisioned it. And I think that's something that we can all just find a little bit of truth in. Um, it gets me a little choked up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you for letting me share my story. Our goal with this was to spend some time together preparing for Mother's Day, acknowledging the loss so that perhaps on Sunday, you can have a little room to breathe. And if you are a mom yourself to be able to honor yourself on that day. Special thanks to Rebecca and Patricia and Lauren. I couldn't have done this without you guys. Um, If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.